It's time to land a plane without internet. Here is Locked On Socks. You are Locked On White Socks, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Socks. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at Locked On Sox, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. In the in the biz, we call that little thing, you know, before the intro plays, before like the Locked On Sox thing plays, uh, a little bit of a cold open. And in the cold open, I said we're landing a plane without internet today. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, and I know not all of you are, I know we got Lenny out in SoCal, so he's probably not even experiencing snow right now, but we just got our first snow of the year here in Chicago. And with that lovely, lovely snow that I so, so much appreciate, uh, it knocked out the internet. So I wasn't able to record at our scheduled time of 2.30, and I was supposed to have Mike Rankin on the show. His internet was ready, he was all set to go, and mine was not. Then about 3.30 came around, and my internet came back on. I text Mike, hey, I'm ready. You want to jump on? And Mike says his internet's out. So we are dealing with Mother Nature here. I wasn't planning on doing a solo episode today, but thankfully we have a lovely, lovely bunch of you that love to contribute to our show. So I do have some people to talk to. So I'll be talking to Mark in Litchfield Park and Mike from Indy wrote in for the first time. So we're excited to hear from him. If you want to call in or write in, you can call at 312-566-8727, or you can write in at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Let's give you a quick little rundown before we get too far in this show. We will start with Mark's voicemail, and we're going to continue our Mark Burley discussion. Then we'll go to Mike's email, which is also kind of a preview for hopefully Friday's show. Listen to that because we will need you to write or call in. Again, 312 312- 566-8727, or you can write in at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. And we will wrap up the episode with me giving my thoughts on Jeff McNeil as a possible trade target for the Chicago White Sox. We good? We ready? You guys ready? I think you're ready. You have no choice to be ready because now we're going to go out to our friend, Mark in the Park. Hey, Sean. Mark in Litchfield Park calling about Mark Burley and his Hall of Fame candidacy. One thing you didn't mention about stats, and I guess this stat's been tossed out into the trash, but quality starts. I'm pretty sure he led the league for uh, quite a number of years in quality starts. I don't know. I think that's important to me. It seems to be important now. Guy get through six innings so you can get to the back end of that bullpen, but uh, that seems to be a dead issue. Also, the fact that Burley had to face down a lot of these guys in the steroid era. I mean, I know they started testing at a certain point, and there were still guys getting caught. So if a guy like Ortiz or Alex Rodriguez gets in, how do you factor in the the reality that Burley had to face guys that were juiced? I don't know. It seems like a quagmire and a mess, but I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he was uh, the best pitcher of his kind in his era. You know, you stated the fact that he wasn't a power pitcher, and that's absolutely the truth. Maddox was early in his career and then switched to being the kind of pitcher Burley was, you know, a pinpoint, you know, kind of jump baller. 
Burley certainly doesn't have the numbers that Maddox has, but uh, same kind of pitcher, and um, I think he's deserving. So thanks. Bye. Thank you, as always, Mark, for calling in, and you sent me down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Today, I didn't think I'd be going down a rabbit hole of quality start data, and I found out that quality starts aren't even tracked by MLB.com, Baseball Reference, or Fangraphs. I had to go to Stathead, which is a part of Baseball Reference, which is their like premium subscription where they allow you to have all these uh, search tools. So that's how I found all this quality start data was due to Stathead, so shout out to them. My first thought of when quality start is mentioned, I think of my job because every single quality start by the Chicago Cubs is presented to you by Benjamin Moore. Quality paints, and I will never forget that. Some people will never forget, you know, the first time they hold their son or daughter. I will never forget the quality start read from the Chicago Cubs radio broadcast. It's very, 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 very special to me. But quality starts, again, I mentioned not a a stat that's tracked by baseball reference or fan graphs. And the reason I didn't really think of it for bringing up for Mark's case was it just didn't, it was never, it's never a stat I go to. I don't think it's a stat that historically tells you how great a pitcher is. So I just try to avoid it. Wins, losses, quality starts, not everything is truly in that pitcher's command. And also, I mean, you can have a quality start that you go exactly six innings and you give up three earned runs, but also your runs allowed was 10 in in that start. So it's really just the arbitrary. So someone DM me saying that I said casted instead of cast, which totally fine. Please correct my grammar. I am horrible with it, and I don't understand right now how to say the arbitrary nature, maybe that, arbitrariness is probably not a word, so the arbitrary nature of earn runs versus just runs allowed. So quality start doesn't tell you enough of a picture, and that's why I didn't go to Mark Burley's quality starts before then. But let's go down Mark's thought process here. He thought and he thinks that Mark Burley was a leader in quality starts for a majority of his career. And Mark, i got to say, your hunch was absolutely correct. First, let me give you some background because there is, I think, a tie here between the creation of the quality start and Tony La Russa. So I don't think it's exactly, you know, 1A to 1B, or I don't think it's exactly cause and effect here, but the stat was created in 1985 by John Lowe. He was a writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, A quality start was defined by John as a pitcher who threw six or more innings and allowed three earned runs or less. John said he picked six innings because Whitey Herzog used to say, I want my starting pitcher to go out and give me a good six innings. And John thought that two earned runs was probably too small of a bar and that four earned runs was too much. I wish I was kidding. It just absolutely numbers picked out of thin air. So you can just see in the history of the actual stat, it's made up, it's arbitrary, none of it actually truly means anything yet. And to give a little bit of credence to the stat, this is from a 2014 article written by Jay Jaffe for Sports Illustrated, and he said, Historically, teams receiving quality starts win around two-thirds of the time. For post-1960 expansion era, their winning percentage is 67.4%. And then for 2014, when this was written, it was 66%. So you can just see that even though it's arbitrary, you if you get a quality start, you're going to win 66% of the time. Now, 
I don't know what the stat is when both guys throw quality starts, but that's not why you called. You called about Mark Burley. On the page on MOB.com that defines quality start, they say a pitcher has two jobs, to prevent runs and get outs. And that's what I was trying to tell you in the Mark Burley case for his Hall of Fame candidacy. Mark's whole philosophy was to let the defense play and let's get outs and let's get them very efficiently. And we talked about the comparison between him, Pettit, and Hudson, between their stretch of their best 15 years, that Mark Burley got about 800 more outs than Andy Pettit, and then he got about 1,000 more outs than Tim Hudson. Just trying to show the quality, the volume that Mark Burley got in in his short 15-year career that accumulated about 60 war. Burley would give you innings, and he would do his darn best to keep the ball out of the middle of the plate. He would try to pick those edges and create weak contact that would allow the defense to pick up behind him. I don't have this stat, but I would assume that Mark Burley's career strikeout total, if he ever gets elected in the Hall of Fame, is definitely within the bottom 10%. That wasn't his game. He wasn't looking to dominate you. He was just looking to get outs. Burley had 493 career starts. 304 of them were quality starts. 61.6% of his starts were quality starts. Over those 304 career quality starts, he was 186 and 49 with an ERA of 197 and had 31 complete games. For this segment here and for this exercise, we're going to be looking at the years 1984 to 2015, and that is 84 being the first year that Roger Clemens made his debut and 2015 being the last year Mark Burley played. So we're looking at basically the current Hall of Fame candidate's career. 1984 was the start of Clemens. Burley put the bookend on that in 2015. I hope that makes sense. And that season range, 84 to 2015, will not just include candidates that are currently on the ballot, right? It's not going to just be Schilling and Clemens and Burley and Pettit and Hudson. There will still be guys that are already in the Hall of Fame, like Maddox, who pitched during that time. This is truly to show you where Burley ranks in career quality starts from 1984 to 2015. From 84 to 2015, Mark Burley ranked 8th in that span in quality starts. Now, not to get too sidetracked here, but quality starts again are defined by 6 or more innings pitched with 3 earned runs or less allowed in one start. And a part of the disdain towards quality starts is the fact that they are measured by earned runs. And I found this article, and this was a part of Jay Jaffe's 2014 article in Sports Illustrated, but there was an article about abolishing the earned run in baseball perspectives. And from that article, this was a quote that I found Berlian, and it said, perhaps most importantly, the earned run rule might have gotten a pass because it's designed to achieve what everyone agrees is a noble goal, separating pitching from fielding. So I created a little... You know, I created a little stat. If, if, if John Lowe can create a stat, Sean Podcast can create a stat here. And Quality Start Plus is kind of like, you know, when they made Super Password or Password Plus or Million Dollar Password. It's the same damn thing, just tweaked a little bit. Quality Start Plus is six innings with three or less runs allowed. 
So if you let in a run, but it's due to Alexei Ramirez just totally biffing one off the heel of his glove, doesn't matter. If it's earned, if it's unearned, it is counting and quality starts plus. Because I talked about this and I, I, I almost talked myself out of it. When Patrick Nolan put up Burley's resume on Twitter, he said that he was the greatest defensive player of his era or greatest defensive pitcher of his era. And I talked about how, you know, maybe more defensive stats that showed Burley's contribution to his team and to his defense, then that might help his Hall of Fame case. And that quote about separating, the noble goal of separating pitching from fielding made me think about Mark Burley because he didn't really separate pitching from fielding. He thought they all went together. His whole idea was to let the defense pick him up behind him. And I thought this would maybe create a breakthrough and it it didn't too much, but we'll examine Burley's quality start plus stats now. And for a little shorthandedness here, I will refer to quality starts plus as QS. So Mark had 280 QSPs, again, six or more innings with three or less runs allowed. Burley had 280 in his career. That was 56.8% of his career starts. And in those starts, he went 180 and 38 with a run average allowed of 204. In QSP, he ranks 11th from 1984 to 2015. And the creation of that stat didn't really lead me to anywhere groundbreaking, right? The quality start plus stat and just the normal quality start stat. And the difference really wasn't negligible for any pitcher. It was fairly minute and you could just look at Burley stats, 304 quality starts compared to 280 QSPs. You know, he was really only affected there by 24 starts and that was about the same for most pitchers on the list. So let's look at the top 10 quality start list because again, he was eighth all time from 1984 to 2015. And again, we talk about Mark Burley and his volume and there was a lot of volume when he played, but also he only played 14 full seasons. You compare that to Andy Pettit who pitched 18. You compare that to Roger Clemens who pitched 22. You're not going to get the similar amount of numbers. You're going to have to go to a rate stat. So when we look at the top 10 quality start list. I'm going to define it by quality start percent. So we look at number one, Greg Maddox has the most quality starts of all time with 480. 64.9% of his starts were quality starts. Number two, Roger Clemens had 465 quality starts. 65.8% of his career starts were quality starts. Tom Glavin's three, he had 436 quality starts, and he pitched a quality start in 63.9% of his starts. Number four is Randy Johnson. He had 404 career starts. 67% of the time, they were quality starts. Five was Jamie Moyer. He had 342 quality starts. 53.6% of the time, his starts were quality. Number six, Mike Mussina. He had 330 quality starts. 61.6% of his starts were quality. Seven, Kevin Brown, he had 314 quality starts. 66% of his starts were quality. Number eight, Mark Burley, 304 quality starts. 61.6% of his starts were quality. Number nine, Tim Hudson, 302 quality starts. 63% of his starts were quality. And finally, number 10, Andy Pettit, 301 quality starts. 57.8% of his starts were quality. I also want to bring in three other pitchers. Kurt Schilling, who is currently on the ballot, he had 288 career quality starts. 66.1% of his starts were quality. 
Number 15, Pedro Martinez. He had 273 career quality starts, 66.7% of his starts were quality. And finally, number 20, Roy Halladay, 257 of his starts were quality and 65.9% of his starts were quality. And you look at that quality percent leaderboard and you can see the best of the best, right? Even the guys that don't have the total amount of quality starts that Burley does at 300, like Martinez or Holiday, those guys under 275, but their quality start percentage is about 66 to about 67. The leader in quality start percentage in this list is Randy Johnson with 67%, and I mentioned how he was the most dominant pitcher of the past 20 years or so. You know, you could extend that to 25, but Randy Johnson, I thought, was the most dominant, where I thought Mark Burley was the most effective, especially just with the stuff that he had. So Mark... I don't know if quality starts really do help Mark's candidacy, but it does show that he is a little bit underrated. I think he's a blend between Jamie Moyer and Mike Mussina. Mussina was absolutely a Hall of Fame worthy player, and he should have been voted in sooner, and Jamie Moyer is definitely not. Mark Burley is better than Jamie Moyer. Burley had a quality start in 8% of his starts more than Moyer, but he had very, very similar, actually identical uh, career start percent uh, to Musina, 61.6% uh, for Burley and Musina. So I, I think it's safe to say that Mark Burley at least deserves to be in the Hall of Quality. I'm sorry for that joke. We'll talk about New Year's resolutions next here on Locked on Sox. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered with chocolate but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And they're high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. I know Lockdown Sox listeners know Built Bar from Tanny and Herb's relationship with them. I know I know Built Bar from my relationship with Tanny and Herb. I show up to work at the 670 The Score Studios, and in every drawer there's probably a loose Built Bar. I know Tanny and Herb were always bringing Built Bars around. I've seen every flavor, raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. Tanny wouldn't stop talking about his favorite flavor, the German chocolate cake, because it gave him the extra fuel he needed to get through the day. So this holiday season, stock your stuffings with a few Built Bars. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Looking to have Mike Rankin on an episode soon. Had some difficulties due to the weather, so we apologize for that. We're going to keep the train moving along, and I do want to throw this out there. Not sure if I'm going to use it, but I would love to hear from you. I want to hear your New Year's resolutions. I said on a podcast fairly recently, and mine is to start reading more books. I'd like to do White Sox Book Club, maybe. We got a Chili Dog MVP that's coming out about Dick Allen's 1972 season. It should be exciting. Looking forward to it. So if you have any, please send them along. LockedOnSox at gmail.com, or you can call at 312 312- Five six six eight seven two seven. Also, I'm recording in my car, so like, there's my back seat's pretty, pretty. I don't know, mm, squeaky. So if you hear any of that noise, I do apologize. But there's great acoustics in here. 
So car podcast might become a thing. New Year's resolutions, though. want you to send them in. LockdownSocks at gmail.com. 312-566-8727. And this idea is coming from good old Mike and Indy. And Mike tried to get in a Christmas wish into Shanta. And do you know what? I'm feeling still in the holiday mood. So we'll grant his wish. Mike wanted three things. Mike got a little greedy. He wanted a stocking stuffer. He wanted something under the tree. And he wanted a big surprise in the driveway. You know... Who doesn't want the 2022 Kia Sorento in a driveway with the big red ribbon on it? We all get it. But Mike wanted Kyle Schwarber in his stocking stuffer. I don't I don't think he's going to fit Mike. But Mike explains that he doesn't understand why fans are still debating the right field situation. This is the guy, right? Lefty bat that hits absolute nukes. Yeah, he might not be a gold glover, but thankfully we have 2022 platinum glove winner Luis Robert in center field. Insert clip of Robert <laughs> robbing Eloy from a routine fly ball in left field. Under the tree, Mike would like to find a new relief pitcher, but not just any relief pitcher. He wants to build his own relief pitcher. The pitcher has to have stuff like Cease, Liam Hendricks intensity, built like big horse, Lance Lynn. But most importantly, this guy does not give an F when he comes into the game. Highest leverage situation, third inning, bases loaded, no outs. Not ideal, but whatever. Bridge to get to Liam, sweet. Any situation he comes to at G-rate will be electric. Mike wants to see the cool flashing lights at guaranteed right field go off as this unnamed pitcher hustles out of the bullpen like Heath Bell in the 2011 All-Star Game. Fantastic reference, by the way. And only needs one warm-up pitch and he's ready to go. Mike is unsure of the walk-up theme for the reliever. He says he wants something to get the fans involved, like Seven Nation Army. He asked for my suggestion, but as a perfectionist, I actually can't give you that answer because I will think about it for hours. I've been thinking about my own walk-up song for my entire life, and I still can't pick one. It's such a it's a, such a tough choice. Somebody who worked as, as a DJ, a radio DJ, you want to play the perfect stuff at the right time. Yeah, it was a college DJ, but whatever. You still want to connect to people. And and picking the right song to connect to everybody is so tough. Also, with your made-up reliever here, it just sounds like you want another Liam Hendricks. <laughs> he has stuff that's not not exactly similar to Cease, but it's, it's close. And he already has the intensity like Liam Hendricks. And I don't want to say that he's built like Lance Lynn. No one's built like Lance Lynn. But he's not, you know, Garrett Crochet out there. He's not some, some stick. And finally, Mike... Out in the driveway, wants no injuries. He's fine if there's some 15-day IL stints, but no long-term season enders or 60-day. And honestly, Mike, it sounds like the way you were writing about the uh, the fake reliever you want, you probably want him out in the driveway, right? You put a big bow on him, and the White Sox uniform, all your neighbors can come out. Oh, did you get the new White Sox reliever? Yeah, I think I think you could I think you could put him out in the driveway. But Mike wraps up with the most important thing, and he says for this new year, he wants to write in more. And I want you guys to write in more. I want to hear from Mike with this great imagination. And I know so many of you that are listening out there have similar imagination or, you know, your own thoughts, your own opinions. And I would love to hear them. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com, or you can call in 312-566-8727. We'll talk about the flying squirrel next here on Lockdown Socks. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website at betonline.ag 
to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Right now on betonline.ag, the White Sox have the eighth highest odds to win the World Series at plus 1,600. Again, head over to betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is going to be, any Kyle listening to this episode is about to catch a stray, but my first car, his name was Kyle, because Kyle was a piece of And one day, you know, Kyle had to go up to the big car farm in the sky, and my mom then passed along her car down to me, and it was a 2010 Toyota Corolla. And it had a, a sunroof, and it was really nice. I mean, it was a clean, clean car, and it was very efficient, like, I don't know, Mark Burley. So what do you name a car that's the exact opposite of Kyle? You name it Mark. And I drove Mark, and Mark was a great car. And then about June of 2021, I get into an accident. Car gets totaled, and I'm, I'm absolutely bummed. I lost my efficient machine, my Mark. And I go car shopping, and... You know, I'm looking, and this is during the car crisis where there's no car chips, so there's nothing new, and all the used cars that are fairly decent are, are gone by now, and anything else is, you know, really just not the best solution for me. So my mom and I are car shopping, and we go out, and we go to this this last place. We go to one last Toyota dealership, and we weren't looking for a Toyota. I was just looking for a car, and I show up to the lot, and I you know, we're looking around, we're looking in the back and the guy's like, yeah, you know, we don't have a lot. We just, there's not a lot here and start walking towards the front and I'm just standing there and I look to the left and I look down and there's Mark. There's a 2010 Toyota Corolla with, with no sunroof. So it wasn't exactly the same car, but same color, same year, same make without a sunroof. And here I am sitting in the backseat of Mark II, trying to talk myself into the White Sox trading for Jeff McNeil. Before 2021, MLB Network ranked McNeil at 35th in their top 50 players in the MLB. He is 30 years old. He's entering his fifth year in the league. He's a left-handed hitter who throws with his right hand. He is six feet tall, one inch, and a buck 95. He was a 2019 All-Star and finished sixth in the 2018 Rookie of the Year voting. And he has a cool-ass nickname, Jeff McNeil is the Flying Squirrel. This offseason, one team with a strained budget looks to find the solution for two positions with one player. Jeff McNeil is the Flying Squirrel. Right? I mean, like, it, it could happen. I could see it happening. I could see Jeff McNeil in a black and white pinstripe jersey. Let's talk about him a little bit. Right now, he doesn't have a contract. And after the season, he has two more years of arbitration left. So no huge budget concerns necessarily, right? You're not taking on a large contract. It's something that would change year to year, but you can always reassess when it comes to the next time for an arbitration hearing. Like I mentioned, in 2019, McNeil was an all-star, and he was pretty good in 2020, 2019, and 2018. However, in 2021, he hit a batting slump. Career-low batting average, career-low OBP, career-low slugging percentage, career-low OPS+, career-low weighted runs created, plus he 
struggled. And I'm not saying like, you know, even a little bit. His career low for his batting average this year was 251. His previous low, 311. His prior low for OBP was 381. This year, it was 319. Not good Bob. However, McNeil is a positive defender. In left field last year, he was worth one out above average. That was on 53 attempts, so fairly small sample size. But at second base, his more primary position, where he had over 200 attempts, he was worth four outs above average. His career in left field, basically pretty neutral, zero outs above average, but he's improved from year to year. He was a negative in 2019, and then in 2020, he was neutral, or I think he was at least worth one out above average. For his career at second base, seven outs above average, which is you know about 15th in the major league since 2018, which isn't great, but it's better than Cesar Hernandez's. So you're still getting an upgrade from what you had last year. And he does have some positional flexibility. McNeil has played third base, but only appeared at third base twice in 2021. And I'm sitting here mainly thinking that he'd be fine in a White Sox uniform. I wouldn't love it. I wouldn't hate it. And I'm a little confused on why he's really available. The Mets have Francisco Lindor. The Mets have Robinson Cano. And the Mets just signed Eduardo Escobar. And bringing up Francisco Lindor, there's a report from the New York Post that Lindor and McNeil got into an altercation during the season. Remember the whole thing where there was a, a, a raccoon in the, in the clubhouse? Apparently, they lied about that. And actually, on May 7th, there was an altercation. And then in the tunnel, Lindor grabbed McNeil by the throat. They said there wasn't an altercation, uh, but the New York Post is reporting that there was. And this was over defensive alignment issues that Lindor had with McNeil. So if you are wondering, and like I was wondering, why they'd be looking to move Jeff McNeil it might be because of clubhouse issues and the guy that they're paying $300 million to. So to circle back, should the White Sox trade for Jeff McNeil? And as I sit in Mark 2.0, I'm going to say that they probably should, just because I'm not sold on Leary Garcia as the starting second baseman. Jeff McNeil, I could see it a little bit more. And the fact that he's a left-handed bat gives you more diversity in the lineup. I think a great thing about him, too, is that even though his batting average and OBP was down, he's still a guy that sees a lot of pitches, fights off a lot of pitches, and coming to guaranteed rate with this right field could be a benefit. He had 23 home runs in 2019, so I wouldn't be against Jeff McNeil as the White Sox starting second baseman in 2022. Let me know your thoughts on Jeff McNeil. Do you like it? Do you not like it? 312-566-8727, or you can write in, at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. This is Locked on Socks, your first listen every day. Friday, I am hoping that our internet issues will be uh, solved between Mike Rankin and I. Maybe we can do it at work. And hopefully on Friday, I'll be bringing you a conversation with Mike Rankin. But if not, get those New Year's resolutions in. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com or call 312-566-8727. Now go make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I will talk to you on Friday on Locked On Socks.